from. But here's what I want you to remember. I want to be the president for everybody. Everybody who agrees with me, people who don't agree with me, people who vote for me, people who don't vote for me. You cursed rat! Look what you've done! I'm melting! Melting! Oh, what a world! What a This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. What a glorious morning in America it is, folks. What a beautiful... You know what? The sky is bluer. The water is clearer. Just the sun is brighter. Everything is wonderful in this world, isn't it? I hope you agree. I hope you agree. It's a, it's a great day. The witch is dead. I'm going to be humming that tune all the rest of the all the rest of the weekend. Uh, let me start out by uh, by saying uh, Happy Veterans Day to all our veterans, and we salute you. We appreciate you. Thank you for your service, and uh, we'll never we'll never uh, stop appreciating all that the veterans do for us and all the freedom that we have. And God bless America. Hillary's not our president. <sighs> what a great thing. Hey, so anyway, we're going to talk about all the glorious stuff. This is the show. That uh, that Scott McAfee and I have been have been waiting for uh, to do together, and uh, we're gonna we're just gonna enjoy the enjoy this show beyond anything you can think of. Um, but before I do, let me get through the 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 introduction part. My this is my name Zed Hoffman. I'm president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the right here in the Inland Empire. Offices all over Southern California. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to uh, talk on the phone, find me at WCC Loans where we have all kinds of mortgage information. You'll find my contact information and uh, go to the contact page, find me, and uh, you can input all the stuff that you want to input and uh tell me what kind of stuff you need and we'll you'll hear back from either myself or one of my uh one of my teammates if there's any part of the show you want repeated you want to hear this show repeated or any past shows you can go to edhoffman.net click on listen to the main event or you can get the podcast on uh soundcloud or itunes as well and uh you can uh, subscribe for free have it download once a week to your uh, iphone your ipod your ipad your iwatch your computer your iphone your your uh, eyeballs, uh, anywhere, any kind of a device that you can get it, uh, uh, iTunes on or a podcast or any of that stuff. All that new technology. Be sure to connect the sh- with the show on social media. Follow me at Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com, the main event, Ed Hoffman. So, uh, as I said as I said a few seconds ago, joining me in the studio once again, Scott McPhee, owner of Don's Bikes in Redlands and Rialto. Scott, what a great day. It is a great day, Ed. This is the show that I dreamed of doing. Yep. It really is. I I had nightmares of having to do this show and having to act positive when we felt like four years ago. Absolutely. Like our world had been torn apart. 
But uh, you know, let's let's get right into it. You know, as you know, oh, before, as you all- before we begin, Ed, before we begin, there was, I was looking for a quote that would sort of encapsulate my emotion coming on the show today, and I found the right quote. And this is from WWF wrestler. Um, uh, this is Ric Flair, WWF wrestler Ric Flair, and I quote. And that's the end of the quote, Ed. I could I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, we'll talk about this a little more, but mm-hmm. you know I realized I woke up, I went to sleep right before they announced. As soon as put you know I looked at I looked at I was watching it uh, Tuesday night, and I'm watching the numbers. He's at 254. Michigan is like 95 percent, and he's like a hundred thousand votes ahead. And I'm going. Call Michigan. This thing is over. Poured myself a drink. My wife and my daughter were over. My wife was all, is always over, but my daughter was over, and she was having a cocktail. Had the big bottle of vodka on the on the counter. I said, "I'm having a drink in the middle of the week." Poured myself a drink, and I'm saying, "Come on!" I start tweeting out, "We want to hear this 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 chick say I lost on TV." Just call it. Us Republicans have have to work in the morning, and. When when John Podesta came out and said, "Oh no, it's not going to happen till morning," and I said, "Ah, come on, this is going to be dragged out." And uh, shortly thereafter, I I went to sleep. Um, three hours later, three and a half hours later, my wife wakes me up. Said, "They called it. They called it." And that's why uh, if you're uh, if you regularly text me or email me, why you got emails at. 3:15 to 3:35 in the morning when I when I was blasting out all kinds of jubilation probably for an hour and then uh realized oh I'm going to go back to sleep now. Oh wait, I have to get up in a half hour anyway cuz my alarm goes off at 4:30. So but I but you know I get up at 4:30 and I walk walk my big dog tank uh before my personal trainer comes over. And and I know when I get out it's a good thing I walk to stretch out my legs and you know what? I just that early in the morning, just not very energetic. But Wednesday morning, I felt in a, like an extra spring in my step. I felt a little more alive. I, and I don't think, I don't think, and I'm not really, I'm not joking about this at all. I don't really think I realized how much the Obama administration and the overregulation of my industry and the lack of hope about the future of this country had really affected my health. Right. Well, it's called stress, Ed. Um, I think there's so many things that are so special about this this election. I mean, one one of the contrasts between this election and 2012. In 2012, we expected to win and we lost. And, and let's be perfectly honest. We went into this one pretty much expecting to lose and we won. And so glorious. Oh my goodness. And and I still I still it's like is this actually real? I it is so surreal to me. And and it I'm watching I'm watching Trump going to the White House. I'm watching he and his wife going in there. I'm watching him sit down with Obama and I'm like this just it just doesn't even seem real to me yet. Real? I mean, do you feel that? I I'm going to feel it. Okay. Yeah, I feel I I just totally I totally feel I totally feel the the lack of belief of that this has happened. It's been so long that we've been waiting for what happened to our country? Well, we're used, we're used to losing at this point. We've been losing left and losing right, uh, you know, and and for this to happen, it just it just it just is crazy. It's crazy. And we'll and we'll talk a little bit more about why it happened or our theories on it in just a little bit. But yeah, I do but, uh, I do want to say one thing too. The thing we have right now that we didn't have a week ago, as you said, it's hope. It's hope. And it's not not hope and change. Nope. It's 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 just hope. Right. You know, it's and I and I really and I really I really believe it. I believe, you know, and you see Donald Trump 
from the time he realized he's president, just turn his, hey, I'm not campaigning anymore. Now it's, I'm the president. Start talking like the president, which in my opinion, you don't run a business like his. You don't raise kids the way he raised his kids and have them, or let's say you don't raise kids and have them come out the way they did if you're a bad person. And and I think I think he he fought. He fought like Republicans don't normally fight. We don't want to lower ourselves to that level, but we'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk about that as we go. But as you all know, Donald J. Trump will be the next president of the United States. As of today, Donald Trump has 290 electoral votes. Hillary Clinton has 228. The only state the only state that's still outstanding is Michigan, the one that I was waiting for them just to call it so we could go to sleep and get ready for work the next day. Democrats in the mainstream media got increasingly worried on Tuesday as they realized things weren't going their way. And once Trump won Ohio and Florida, they knew that was that. It wasn't until about 2.45 a.m., that's 11.45, 11.45 p.m. for those of us in California, minutes after the announcement was made that Trump had won the battleground state of Pennsylvania, that Hillary called Trump to concede. MSNBC's Chris Matthews, who, if you remember, had the thrill up his leg for Obama in 2008, was confident Monday night that Hillary would win. He experienced the the five stages of grief on live TV as the election returns poured in state by state. And, you know, I had people saying, are you watching MSNBC? No, I'm watching Fox. What do you think? Switch to MSNBC. They all look so depressed and scared, which I did. Here's, uh, Here's Chris Matthews once he finally reached that stage of acceptance about... 2 a.m., 11 a.m. I am just determined to find an optimistic notion here, which is there must be some talent here to be president because he's going to be our president. Do the brains that got this guy elected president tonight apply to being a good president? I leave it as an open question. I hope there's some connection. Otherwise, we have a dingbat as president. We have a guy (laughs) with no ability to be president. It's hopeless with terrible values and incompetence galore. And we're just into doomsday right now. I'm just not ready to accept that that sort of notion right now in my head. I have to think there's got to be a pony in this crap pile. No abilities or talents at all. No, I think that's a compliment. I think. I'm not really sure. But at this point, what difference does it make, Ed? Yeah, exactly. Who the hell cares what Chris Matthews thinks? Yeah, exactly. You know, this is the guy that had a thrill up his leg about a guy who'd never run a a lemonade stand, much less a business or anything. He's a community organizer. I even had one of my employees say, Trump has never run anything. And I looked at her and go, what? What do you think? You know what? People in California are just, this state should be split into two. (laughs) <laughs> the smart and the stupid. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, exactly. Mm, okay. Exactly. So after speaking with Hillary, Trump came out to deliver his acceptance speech at 3 a.m. That's midnight for our time. Here's a bit of the classy, humble address to supporters in New York City where he started out by thanking Hillary. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us. It's about us on our victory, and I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard-fought campaign. Hillary has worked very long and very hard over a long period of time, and we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to our country. Probably why I could never be a politician, because I had to throw up before I could make that, uh, make that, Spitch about that speech. 
that speech. <laughs> that speech. That speech. That speech about giving her a debt of gratitude. You know what? Uh, he he also spoke about. Then he went on to speak about unifying the country. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. We have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and Independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. You know, and uh, as as I as I thought about that, I was thinking I think about. Wednesday morning, as I'm walking, as I'm walking tank, I'm feeling so jubilant. I'm getting, I'm getting to, I walk up the hill, then I come down the hill, then I come back up to our house. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm starting to think as I got about three houses from my, from my house, I go, you know what? Half of this country doesn't feel like I feel right now. They feel like I felt four years ago. And four years ago was worse than eight years ago because eight years ago, hey, we had John McCain. We didn't really know who Obama was. And, I understood people's people's feelings and they, you know, they wanted something and okay, well, let's see where this guy goes. Four years later, we knew who he was. We knew he wasn't even anything close to the same thing that we call American. And I can't believe how we got it so wrong. And I had to realize that, you know, Hey, half of the country feels like that today. Right. And, and I, I get no joy whatsoever of seeing the sad faces on the Hillary Clinton campaign because I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. And I don't wish that upon anybody. Um, and, and I think really now it, this is an opportunity to try and do what we can to unite unite the country. I mean, it's it's holding out the hand to the people that disagree with you or people that aren't sure. I mean, it's trying to sway those people over. And a lot of those people were did come over for Trump. A lot of those people that voted for Obama last time came out for Trump. Um, when I think of the enormity though, of what this means, I mean, it's almost like this should be a three hour show, Ed, because it's like the good news is the, the Clintons are politically dead as is their silly little foundation. That was nothing but a ripoff scam. We're getting rid of thousands of leftists in, in government. Um, I mean, think about it, Loretta Lynch, uh, Carrie, um, you know, all the, all these judges and people that are just gone, they're packing their, their desks. Yeah, we were, we were on the edge of a cliff. Yep. And we steered back onto, we steered back away from it this time. This was, this was a, this is a momentous move that people don't realize. Right. It's pretty stinking close though, Ed. And you know, for the people that are sad, <laughs> I would say the people that are sad are the people that really don't engage. They don't really don't pay attention. Um, or, you know, some people that do pay attention that just don't understand business. They don't understand the game. You know, I've told the story when I used to be a, a, a arm wrestler in competition, I was a world champ world champ amateur and then I got my butt kicked pretty regularly when I went pro uh took a couple of seconds and thirds and got a bunch of butt kickings but the idea one guy came up to me after I after he just squeezed my hand really hard and then I just put him on the mat he goes hey what did I do wrong and I said it's not what you did did wrong it's what you didn't do the idea is to get my my hand on the mat don't just squeeze my hand and all I did was just pull your arm over and and I think about the object of the game is to win and it brought up a couple of a few scenes from uh, from movie clips. I couldn't decide which one to open the show with, but uh, then we came up with the uh, the the Wicked Witch of the West uh, montage that we did there. And uh, and I want let me play this. Let me play this clip. You've heard it many times, but listen to the words that Jeff Bridges says in the movie The Contender. Napoleon once said, when asked to explain the lack of great statesmen in the world, that to get power. 
you need to display absolute pettiness. To exercise power, you need to show true greatness. Such pettiness and such greatness are rarely found in one person. Yes, uh, you know, you had you had Trump in there. Hey, let's not lower ourselves to their level and 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 fight them. Well, you know what? Trump wasn't. Trump has that pettiness and that greatness in him. That he's got the greatness that we need. That a lot of people see. But some of the people just all they could see was the pettiness, and that's the game. You know, that's this is the the game of politics, and he realized it. He heard the people's voices, and he realized this is how you have to win. Which brought me to a scene from Rocky Three, and if you think about that, remember when when uh, Rocky's fighting the wrestler uh, Thunderlips, and he doesn't understand why. You know, he thought it was a, a exhibition, and at the end, this is what happens. Good match. Hey, why'd you get so crazy on me out there? That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. You know, it's just, that's how the game's played. Right, exactly. And, and here's the frustrating thing for me is that I've seen Republican commentators and pundits, even on this even on this station, and they wanted a candidate who would take the gloves off and fight. And they finally got one, and a lot of them didn't back them. So, leaves me scratching my head, Ed. Exactly. I can't believe, you know, that some of them, even Paul Ryan, I can't back him now. I can't back him. He got caught on a hot mic talking like a guy and every guy out there you just you don't have to admit it because your wife's sitting next to you in the car but you know just blink if you know if you know damn well that if you catch us with an open mic every single guy in the world could have got caught in that same open mic that Donald Trump did we all talk like that at one time or another at part at some stage in our life that we talk like that and according to my wife Dawn she says the only people that are more pigs than men when they're just around men are women so I haven't heard it because I'm a guy they don't talk like that around me so uh the other the other one more clip I wanted to play is a scene from the Iron Lady and if you remember this is the story of Margaret Thatcher who was a great leader in the in the Ronald Reagan era but she was our partner in Great Britain well People can't pay their mortgages. Manufacturing industry practically on its knees. Honest, hard-working, decent people are losing their homes. It's terribly the, shameful. The point is, Prime Minister, we must moderate the pace if, of if reform. If we even have a hope of winning the next election. Oh, right, yes. worried about our careers, are we? Really? Oh, that's quite absurd. Gentlemen, if we don't cut spending, we will be bankrupt. Yes, the medicine is harsh, but the patient requires it in order to live. Should we withhold the medicine? No, we are not wrong. We did not seek election and win in order to manage the decline of a great nation. The people of this country chose us because they believe we can restore the health of the British economy and we will do just that. Barring a failure of nerve. Barring a failure of... Hey, there's, there's two little lines in that scene. The medicine is harsh, but the patient requires it. You know what? Some people are going to be uncomfortable about, uncomfortable about what has to happen in order to restore our country. But guess what? They don't know how happy they're going to be two years from now, four years from now, eight years from now, when this country is full of jobs and nobody's getting a paycheck from the, from the government. They're getting a paycheck for working all day. They don't even know it. And, of course, the other line is, is we know we're right and we're going to do just that barring a failure of nerve i could do a whole i could do a whole uh, whole show on uh, what scott and i were talking about earlier about the uh, uh, what the real story behind the wizard of oz was and they called the uh, the cowardly lion represented the politicians because the politicians don't have the guts 
to do what's right. We got a guy who's not a politician and he's about to move into the White House. Well, we're looking at massive, massive changes, and those changes are going to happen pretty quick, I think, Ed, if I'm not mistaken. And and we're, we're talking about, you know, take, taking the handcuffs off the police and the FBI, the military. Common Core is done. Uh, Obamacare is done. The Iranian nuclear deal is done. There is not going to be a Syrian refugee resettlement program where tens and hundreds of thousands of them are going to be dumped onto cities all over the United States. Obama's, ex, uh, Obama's multiple, there's hundreds of them, executive orders done sanctuary cities done lower corporate tax rates that's what he says he's going to do hey for you ed uh, dodd frank i am done so, dodd frank you know what the the that is going to change the life of everybody in the mortgage industry so positively and i've heard multiples of emails about they're they're working on on putting an end to dodd frank will it change us back to the old days probably not but is it going to ease up our lives hell yes so you see, obviously, you know more about that regulation than I do because it impacts you directly. It impacts everybody who's borrowed okay. and everybody who lends. All right. We're going to have border security. We're going to have a wall. Uh, actually, my brother Wayne had a great idea on the wall. Maybe make it out of giant Lego blocks. Now, and we're not talking the little, the little, but, but ones that are about as big as a school bus. And you just kind of, you know, they snap into place. You know, it'll be colorful and uh -huh. pretty, but it has to be it has to be big and heavy, like the yes. wall of China, so a car can't uh, can't drive through it. Right, exactly. It's exactly. got to be. It's got to be. And you know what? Trump's gonna design, gonna have make sure it's designed right. And you know what impressed me is Trump did six rallies on Monday in six different states, and he got up earlier than I did and voted. Was up all day, I assume, and seemed to be. Still pretty high energy at, at two in the morning Eastern time to uh, to make that speech. And I would have had to say, hey, OK, I won. I need 48 hours to just sleep. Just leave me alone for 48 hours. The next morning, he's hitting it, hitting it with his uh, hitting the ground running. They're already designing their transition. They're already I'm sure he's got engineers working on the wall concept and the and unwinding Obama. He's got the Obamacare. He's got uh, um Paul Ryan and, uh, Mitch, and McConnell. Mitch McConnell yep. putting together the the repeal Obamacare that we've passed about 40 times, putting all that together. They're going to hit the ground running. So January 20th, when he's sworn in, stuff happens fast. If there's not going to be a wasted moment. I don't see this guy spending a whole lot of time on the golf course, Ed. I just don't see it. Either do I. And he's a golfer. Yeah. But, you know, he said about Obama, said, hey, you know, if you want to golf, golf with senators. And uh, we got a couple more minutes left of the of the first half. Mm -hmm. So but let me, let me say, I heard uh, George W. Bush and Jeb Bush speak together at the Mortgage Bankers Conference a few years ago. And a couple of things, a couple of things that that were said. First of all, George Bush, George W. said, in order to be president, the first thing you got to do is know what you don't know. And then surround yourself with people that do know. And you have to listen to those people. And he and he's never been someone to publicly come out and and bash Obama. But you could tell you have to listen to them. And Jeb, and this was the first time I'd ever heard Jeb speak. And uh, Jeb said, you know what? There's the three there's the three uh, the, the three branches or the three. Uh, uh, what do you call them? The members of the of the lawmaking, the, the, the House of Representatives, the Senate and the and the president. And they have to work together. And the, so they have to communicate together, and you can't lead you can't lead the government from the Congress. It has to come from the president. The president has to be the lead of that of that communication. But 
Obama never talks to anybody in the Senate or the or the House of Representatives. He only he only just goes golfing with his celebrity friends and his buddies. And you know, Trump says, "Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna go golfing, golf with senators, golf with with uh, with uh, congressmen, make some relationships because that's how that's how the the government works." And also, if you look at some of the people that Trump is already surrounding himself with, I mean, potentials. You know, Newt Gingrich, the Secretary of State, Ben Carson, perhaps the head of Health and Human Services, Giuliani as Attorney General. Great people, absolutely great We're, people. Uh, maybe a Trey Gowdy. There's a whole Daryl Issa. There's a whole bunch of people that who who knows how his cabinet's going to come together. But uh, we've used up all of part one of the main event. Come back, we got another another half of this show to talk about some good, fun, exciting, hopeful stuff. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk much about uh, mortgages or real estate because it's boring, but that's what I do all day long. If you want to get in touch with someone who thinks like you and you need some real estate financing, buying, refinancing, home, home, uh, uh, your uh, uh, investment houses, home to live in, vacation homes, or reverse mortgages, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. So in the studio with Scott McAfee of Don's Bikes, as usual, uh, we're talking about the gloriousness that happened this week, and uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the polls. You know, every poll in the country was predicting Hillary would win. In the key battleground states, they had uh, the polling average were way off. Wisconsin they had at seven and a half plus for uh, Hillary. Ohio five. Uh, Hillary is up five. Pennsylvania up three. He won all three of those states. It wasn't the individual states where the poll. It wasn't just the individual states where the polling was wrong. Real Clear Politics Average, which is the media outlets kind of rely on all the time to deliver the accurate tally of national polls, released this result on the evening of uh, November seventh, the night before the voters came in. They showed uh, Hillary up forty-five and a half to forty-two point two. You know what? Uh, what they didn't figure in is that uh, Republicans, uh, we have caller ID, and uh, you know when we see when we see uh, people calling that aren't our friends or anybody we know or from anywhere around us, we don't answer the phone. And the other thing is we have jobs, so during the day they call us. Uh, we have jobs to do. We don't have time to take surveys. But, uh, you know, the Democrats, they don't work anyway. So uh, they, you know, I think it was unfairly tilted in the Democrats' Democrats' favor. The only poll that got it right for months was LA Times poll was giving Trump about six points more than the other national averages. Here's uh, Fox's Trace Gallagher. The same poll also said Trump's odds of winning will come down to how he mobilizes white voters, especially white men. And interestingly, it found that Trump voters, especially women, were less comfortable telling pollsters they supported Trump. The Investor's Business Daily TIPP poll also predicted a Trump victory. The man who runs that poll says despite Democrats having more registered voters across the country, he thought GOP turnout would be equal because they're simply was more enthusiasm enthusiasm was a thing and i think uh scott mcafee uh made a little prediction uh that sounded like brexit yeah i did i did bring up brexit i mean i saw but come back to this poll thing i mean i saw polls there was guys on on cnn and msnbc that were saying hillary clinton has a 99 percent chance of winning every time i went onto my stinking emails uh, all I could see was these surveys saying, what are the odds of Hillary Clinton winning? And it was all 95%, 98%, 90, 93%. And 
And it just went on and on and on. And I almost thought that some of these polls can actually impact the voting process itself. I mean, in other words, if you see over and over again, your guy's not going to win. Does that suppress your enthusiasm to go out and actually vote? Because you might think, what's the point? It's a waste of time, right? True. But uh, I think what they were trying to do is scare us into donating more money. And uh, because if you clicked on if you clicked on them, not that I did, but if you clicked on them, they'd go to, hey, hey, we need more money. Send us some bucks. How much would you like to to donate? Fifty dollars, one hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty, five hundred. And every single one of them had a had a donation page at the bottom. And uh, then the pollsters and consultants themselves had to swallow their pride eating some crow and admit they were wrong. Here's a Republican consultant, Michael Murphy. They essentially did not get this right. We're covering a story that no one saw yeah. coming. Well, my crystal ball's been shattered into atoms here because I predicted the exact opposite of what happened. But I'm a typical, you know, campaign consultant type that we've been living and dying by data for a long time. And tonight, data kind of died. And then there's Dr. Larry Sabato, a trusted provider of electoral projections from the Center for Politics. We were wrong, okay? The entire punditry industry, the entire polling industry, the entire analyst industry, and I want to use this opportunity to take my fair share of the blame. We were wrong. So return all your paychecks from Fox News and all the other places that you uh, were predicting because uh, reminded me of 2008 and 2012. I remember Dick Morris, who I like Dick Morris because he talks intelligently and entertaining. It's entertaining to hear him because he sounds like he really knows what he's talking about. But he was wrong in 2012. And uh, I think uh, the architect Carl Rove was right in that right in that. uh arena as well yeah uh, a lot of people that sound like they know what they're talking about when they really don't ed nope and talk about some people on this station yep we won't name any names though no but uh no but one of them's (laughs) uh last name is medved oh you named a name and uh then there was uh uh, a uh little young guy on the morning answer uh uh, ben shapiro who i think is brilliant he's Mm -hmm. his mouth moves so fast i say how does your brain attached to your mouth and you have that that high speed of a connection i've even talked to him about it. you know he rambles and he sounds so intelligent and has so much smart stuff i said man when i start rambling i don't think i come out across, come out as intelligent he does but you know what he's 30 there's something about being 30 versus being 50 there's something about having raised kids versus not having little baby kids there's something about raising kids to adulthood that gives you a certain vision of the world that I just don't think some people on this station and on other stations get. Okay, fair enough, Ed. Um, what One quick comment. What made this whole thing so dramatic, too, was Hillary outspent Trump two to one. She had Bon Jovi and Beyonce and Jay-Z and George Clooney, LeBron, uh, Mark Schmuckerberg and Fakebook uh, in her corner. She had Google and the media, all that media stuff for free. We had Chachi. We didn't even have Joni and Chachi. I Ed. only had Chachi. We just had Chachi Stop by himself. And who knew? Who would have known the power of Chachi, Ed? Well, Chachi, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how many kids Chachi has raised, but he's about he's about our age. Yeah, he's got to be mid fifties, and uh, <laughs> and I'm sure he's experienced life and he sees the world for how it is. Right. And people and the and the Democrats and a lot of and a lot of the younger folks. You know what? I can I can make lists of them. They just don't understand. They just don't understand how the world is, and they haven't run a business. They don't understand there's people will do what people will do. I can tell you, 
just talking about the mortgage business, how the CFPB and the, the Dodd-Frank law and all the laws they brought in to save the world from, from uh, subprime, all they had to do is get rid of prepayment penalties, get rid of stated income, get rid of negative amortizations and say, put a limit on what can be charged, how much can be made on any loan like, like HUD does. And that would have solved all the problems. Didn't have to change anything else. Dan, let's have every mortgage company regulate it at underwriting. Hey, you're not allowed to make this much. HUD came into our company and say, hey, 3% is the max you're, so if you're getting this much on the, on the, if you're charging this much, you don't get to make anything on the, on the, on the, uh, on the rate. So lower their rate. Or if you're getting this much on the rate, you don't get to charge anything. And our underwriters would mon- would monitor it. And just that was just a rule. If they'd done that for all the loans, that would have solved the problem. They wouldn't have to modify this. And all the new rules, well, we're going to charge you for this. We're going to charge you for that. You know what that did? You know what? At a certain point, you can't make, you can't keep your company in the black. Rates go up because people are going to make what they're going to make. If you if the unions hit the the automakers and say, hey, we want this deal and that deal and this deal, at some point you have to raise the price of the cars because they can't because General Motors and Ford and Chrysler can't make a profit if they have to pay out you know eighty five dollars an hour in between wages and and benefits to the auto workers because the unions are are uh, are skimming the skimming the till there. At a certain point. Things are going to happen the way they are going to happen. There's the the free market and there's the uh, supply and demand. And that's how life is. And if you don't understand that, you don't understand how the world works. I would also add too, come back to this, the, and you're absolutely right. It's just like minimum wage. What's that going to do? You know, what, what are these burger places going to do? Well, you're going to pay eight bucks for the Big Mac instead of four. Uh, you're going to cause more unemployment and more automation, by the way, in the fast food industry. These are things that have great intentions with horrible results. And this is what the left has been doing to this country for the, certainly the last eight years. It's been awful. I saw one article last week where uh, people in Seattle, I guess the minimum wage in Seattle went from... Uh, seven to nine to 11 to 13 and it's about to go to 15 yep and some of the people that are are asking for their they're realizing that with the higher wages now they make too much to get uh subsidized rents and they're <laughs> asking they're actually gonna lose money they're asking for their rent for their hours to be cut because i'm making too much to get subsidized rents you know what losers lose and winners win we have to change the way people think the the spread between the fluent and the people that are struggling is not is not a lack of opportunity. It's a lack of the. It's a difference in the way we think. And as Trump comes in, and we're going to go back to hey, there's jobs out there. People don't even realize how much happier they're going to be when they go to work every day and actually do something productive with themselves. And go, wow, I don't get that that welfare check anymore, but I got a paycheck. And if I work a little harder, I get a raise and a promotion. All this stuff. People don't even know how great things are going to be. Whether it's a few months or a few years from now, they don't realize what we did on Tuesday night. One final comment on the polling. Uh, I think that well, one of the reasons why the polls were so low is because so much of that support for Donald Trump was underground. It was like me and two other people in like my entire block that had Trump signs. Lots of them voted for Trump, but they didn't want to show it. They didn't want to talk about it. I went to a Trump volunteer appreciation dinner in Long Beach the other night. All kinds of people, and you're looking at these people going, you're a Trump supporter? I mean, one guy looked like a, a cross between Elvis and Gene Simmons. And you you look at this guy and you go, there's no way. Look like, look like a crowd from the desert, uh, what'd they call that? The desert trip <laughs> last month, the Paul McCartney and the 
the Rolling Stones. You know, it's yeah. He, he this guy looked out there, and 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 like I was honestly, I was one of the few white guys in the room. It was surprising. There were people from all walks of life, and you'd think there's no way you'd look at that person and go, that guy voted for Donald Trump or that gal. There's just you would you just wouldn't know it. There's a there's a lot more. Uh, there was a lot more intelligence or gut feeling out there. You know, and I and I and I think about this. Um, you know, I was thinking about this on Thursday. Um, the evangelical Christians were a big, huge part of this, mm-hmm. and the evangelical Christians looked at at Trump. And I don't, I don't look at Trump as a overly religious kind of a guy, you know. But doesn't mean that you can't be. It doesn't mean that you can't be spiritually driven without being overly religious. I don't really, I don't, I don't envision he goes to church every Sunday. But I don't. I'm, I'm sure he was brought up as a Christian, and I'm sure he lives a Christian life um, with some flaws as we all have, but you know what, what they, and and I don't know that they saw somebody overly religious or somebody that has a, has a close walk with Jesus the way they do, but you know what they did see? They clearly recognized Hillary as being Satan. It was, (laughs) it was really clear. And they said, Hey, you know what, whether Trump has the, has, you know, walks step by step with, with Jesus, like we do, we certainly see that Hillary walks arm in arm with with Satan the way she way she operates. Well, and I, I think what they also recognize is that this guy may not be the guy that sits next to you in the pew, but he's the guy that's going to defend what you believe, you know? And I think regarding Hillary, by the way, if Hillary's bi- biography has been out for a while now, too. It's called the Book of Revelation. Ed. I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> you you want to come up with some of her, her nicknames, too? Uh, we already went through all Beelzebub. that stuff. Beelzebub. And uh, Lucifer. Lucifer and Satan. El Diablo. The devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, we had a good list of those. Yeah, we did. Too bad we didn't write them down today. So uh, so accepting the results, as you probably heard, Hillary Clinton uh, most likely won the popular vote. Eh, I don't, not that that really matters, but as of uh, about Tuesday night, it was 55,420,692 for Trump and... Uh, one and a uh, fifty-four million one hundred eighty-three thousand eight hundred seventy. You know there are a couple hundred thousand votes, which is a, uh, which is a glass of water out of the ocean considering this country. But you know Trump won the electoral vote, making this the fifth time in history that this has happened. The Republican candidates' favor. Um, as you'll remember, what happened in two thousand with Bush versus Gore, and we had the hanging chads and the recounts and all that stuff for about what was it about a month or a month or six weeks till we figured out that Bush won in uh, 2000. Um, some people are still trying to argue that Hillary was the real winner, but she clearly didn't want to be another Al Gore this time around. No recount, no arguments against the Electoral College. Instead, she delivered a speech that caused many people to wonder where this Hillary Clinton has been for the past year. This is not the outcome we wanted or we worked so hard for. And I'm sorry that we did not win this election for the values we share. Our nation is more deeply divided than we thought. But I still believe in America, and I always will. And if you do, then we must accept this result and then look to the future. Donald Trump is going to be our president. We owe him an open mind and the chance to lead. She went on after that to talk about how Young girls, uh, for all you young girls out there, I hope you don't lose hope in what you can accomplish. Like she's the champion for all little girls in the world. I don't want my little girls to, uh, my uh, my daughter, my little girl who's thirty, and my uh, my little granddaughter who's five to have anything uh, to do with uh, thinking that Hillary Clinton was her champion. You know, almost brought a tear to my eye. 
uh, for just about a second. Then I remembered about four dead Americans in Benghazi, September 11, 2012. And I remembered, oh yeah, this is Satan here. She needs, she needs to hang. It's about the video, Ed. It's all, yeah, it's all about, about the, the video. video. It's all about, you remember the, the video was, was the, the scam that they pulled off just so people wouldn't think that we uh, were still having terrorism problems right before the election. And once the election's done, the election's done. So, uh, so next up was Barack Obama, <clears throat> Barack Hussein Obama, who delivered the, some positive remarks on his own. We all want, want what's best for this country. That's what I heard in Mr. Trump's remarks last night. That's what I heard when I spoke to him uh, directly. And I was heartened by that. I'm confident that this incredible journey that we're on as Americans will go on. And I'm looking forward to doing everything that I can to make sure that the next president is successful in that. Sounds so sincere. He does. If I didn't know he was full of garbage, I would think it was legit. I know. Isn't this the same guy that said, like the day before, that Obama, that uh, Donald Trump is temperamentally unqualified to hold the presidency? I think there was also some racist clan references as well. But hey, that's all forgotten now, Ed. Uh, yeah, we uh, the everything. Everybody's friends. You can see the front page of the San Bernardino Sun on uh, on Friday morning. What a happy, happy, joyous, friendly handshake they had. Mm-hmm. Reminds me, I, I look like Donald Trump says, "I'm going to crush this skinny guy's hand." Right here and show them, uh, hey, I'm 70, you're 55, and I still crush you. And uh, But you know what? They're politicians. They try to do what they, they try to do. Maybe Obama kept things positive in order to discourage people from demonstrating, but unfortunately it didn't work. There were protests in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, D.C., Seattle, and St. Paul. Oh, not to mention Ontario, California. Five people were shot at the protests in Seattle. Students burned the American flag at American University in Washington, D.C. And here in Southern California, a thousand young protesters gathered on the steps of Los Angeles City Hall to burn a giant Donald Trump head in effigy. On the five, they raised the interesting question, do these people understand Trump legitimately won. And do these people even vote? It's like, inform yourself of the issues. Who are those specific people protesting like the protests we've seen? Listen, the Constitution protects your right to be able to demonstrate and to be able to, you know, protest, etc. But I'm just curious, really, what the makeup is in terms of the people that are protesting there. Did they vote? Yeah, did they vote? Did they vote? Did they vote? And did they take a look at the electoral map? High school kids. High school kids protesting. High school kids. How old are you in high school? Well, you're like 16, 17. Uh, certainly in Oregon, it seemed like there was a bunch of white college students that were smashing windows, um, destroying property. If you think that's actually how you're going to get your message across by vandalism, by, by, by stopping traffic on the 101 freeway, you think you're going to win over people with that? Uh, you know what? The Democrats are just, you know what? I felt the same way in 2012 and I felt sad and I was kind of depressed, and I got up the next morning and went, and went to work. Yeah, I didn't stop traffic on the freeway. I didn't destroy public property. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't shout F-bombs and F-this and F-that. Uh, well, maybe I did a little bit, but anyways. I'm a, I am a, I am <laughs> really appalled. At, you know what, and I, and I, and I want to bring, bring this up, that, uh, that these kids are a reflection of their parents. 
You know, how are you raised if, if they think this is okay? Uh, they're kids, they're adults. And what are your kids looking at when you do that? And I don't want, I don't want to brag about, brag about my kids, but I'll tell you that, uh, you know, and I, and I always said, you know what, look at Donald Trump's kids. Donald Trump's kids are a reflection of who he really is. You can't lie about that. You can't, you can, you can make speeches and you can say this and say that and try to make an impression on this and play the part, but your kids grow up with you and they, and they become who they become. And if you look at, at Trump's kids, they're, they're a a reflection of this guy is a good guy. You know, he's a big, he's got a big mouth. He's got a big mouth and he says some stuff that he shouldn't sometimes, but He's got a heart. He's got a. He's a good man with a good heart. And I look at. Uh, I look at. I was uh, texting with uh, with my son who's at a who's at a uh, conference, a uh, a training conference, uh, Wednesday, uh, and the next morning, and he's saying, you know what? He he told his wife, make sure that this is a teaching moment for his kids. Make sure that you make sure that that uh, Rowan and Nolan, my two grandkids, know that. This kind of behavior is not acceptable in any way at any time, and uh, and I'll tell you uh, not to uh, not to brag, but I got an email from my daughter. I sent out an email. I sent out an email to all our all our uh, all our company at three thirty-five in the morning. I said the possibilities of what happened tonight are endless. Trump in the White House, and we kept the House and the Senate. The people understood what needed to happen to preserve this great country, and we only had one choice. God bless America. My daughter reacted at a normal hour when she woke up uh, at eight o'clock, <clears throat> and I and I asked her if it was. Oh, she sent this just to me, and she said, "I'll be honest. I did not support Trump. I did not support Clinton, Johnson, or Stein either. I was afraid of what would come of this election because I could not picture them, any one of them, actually becoming president. But last night I watched Trump's acceptance speech and said, you know, that's my damn president.'" She is my daughter, so the damn had to be in there. I very much enjoyed seeing him act like a normal, humble human being, and I hope that we see more of that guy. That guy cares enough to do what is necessary to make this country something we can all be proud of. I hope that he continues to present the same character he showed last night, that, that and that Americans, those who voted for him and those who did not, can come together and support him. Democracy has spoken. God bless America and all that. Hashtag M-A-G-A and hashtag where's Hillary. I had to figure out hashtag M-A-G-A meant make America great again. And you know what? To me, that's a reflection of how how uh, my wife and I raised our kids. And those of you that have kids that are out there smashing windows and stopping traffic and acting stupid, um, shame on you and correct it now. So the reactions from across the world. Oh, then then there's uh then there's Colin Kaepernick. Okay, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN had this to say: Colin Kaepernick, the guy who's on one knee, won't stand for the national anthem. The San Francisco 49ers football player, who's who's doing that to make a statement for Black Lives Matter that this country is so against the blacks and the minorities. What did he do Tuesday? Nothing. Here's Stephen Smith from ESPN. And Colin Kaepernick, after all this noise that you made, even though you didn't intend to do so by offending our military servicemen and women and pointing out about how you wanted to bring attention to racial injustices and beyond this in this country to turn around and not to even take your behind to the polls to vote for a particular candidate. It is shameful. Yes, it is shameful. You know what? Don't say anything if you're not going to at least vote. And I understand that after after Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, apparently 
we're preaching to a very small percentage of Californians. That's true. That's kind of scary. And uh, to know that there's that many knuckleheads in our state, Ed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's scary. And God bless the people that listen on podcasts from all across the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, remember how we are told in the, that the world was in horror at the idea of Donald Trump becoming the next president of the United States, how World War III might immediately break out if Trump won the election. In case you didn't realize, that was all hype. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, I congratulate the winner of the presidential election in the United States, Donald Trump, on his election victory. The U.S. is an old and honorable democracy. British Prime Minister Theresa May said, I won't, I won't say it in the British thing that I was doing when I practiced. We are and will remain strong and close partners on trade, security, and defense. I look forward to working with the president-elect Donald Trump, building on these ties to ensure security and prosperity of the nations in the years ahead. Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi said, This demonstrates we are in a new stage. Who would say that Donald Trump would win? It is that way, and we respect it. We will cooperate with the new American president. And, of course, our friend... Our friend and uh, the president of the prime minister of uh, Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, congratulated Trump, recognizing him as the true friend of Israel. President-elect Trump, my friend, congratulations on being elected president of the United States of America. You are a great friend of Israel. Over the years, you've expressed your support consistently, and I deeply appreciate it. I look forward to working with you to advance security, prosperity, and peace. Israel is grateful for the broad support it enjoys among the American people, and I'm confident that the two of us, working closely together, will bring the great alliance between our two countries to even greater heights. May God bless America. May God bless Israel. May God bless our enduring alliance. And unfortunately, we're out of time. Go Israel. I was almost as happy for Israel as I was for us, Ed. I know, and uh, as, as you said, the show needed to be three hours. It did. It did, but that's okay. But there's another hour next week. So, folks, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.